supporting moms without a mom on their path to resilience with psychologist and mom coach, Dr. Melissa Riley, on episode number 246 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. But I also realized at some point I didn't want to stay in the academia world per se. Um, I had that opportunity and I had a great life uh, doing the, you know, the aspects of learning it, which were cool. But I also knew there was a lot more. And again, I didn't really want to be there. So I was always looking for a way to kind of get out of that. Uh, so my third year of college, I dropped out. I realized that, um, you know, to stay in that would be go to computer science, be on a green screen and live my life behind a programming desk. And that was not my aptitude. I was I was too inclined to do other things. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. I am Dr. Brad Miller coming to you from the Home Loft Studios just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. And I greet you as one who has gone through my share of adversity in my life. And I'm looking to be helpful to you to navigate adversity and to come to your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always head over to my website, drbradmiller.com where we have over 240 episodes of this podcast, which are designed to help you to grow through what you go through. You can also go and check out our coaching and our course at drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way, where we help you to get your starting guide to creating your own personal POP or promise life plan. Question for the day. You're cruising along in life. Things are going pretty good. You've dropped out of college in order to help start and be a part of the some of the early cell phone industry, and you have done well. You have succeeded in that world of the early technology, and you're flying high. You're doing good. And then your world comes crashing down in divorce, in medical problems, in, in identity theft, all kinds of things that bring you into bankruptcy, among other things. How do you come back from that? How do you come back from complete devastation, from an adversity-filled life, which has brought you, humbled you, and brought you to your knees? We're going to talk today with Neil Twa from VoltageDM.com, and he's going to talk to us about the story of his life, how things were going along very good. He was a driven man going for things in, in technology and the, some of the early uh, cell phone field, things he was on the fast track to success. And, but he lived his life out of fear and intimidation and, and intimidation and ambition. And his ego took over his common sense and his life came crashing down and divorce and, and health problems and marital problems and uh, identity theft and leading to bankruptcy. And he had to find a way to get out of that. He found a vehicle in a couple of ways. One of them was getting remarried, and another one had to do with finding his faith, but another one had to do with e-commerce. 
Amazon FBA, among other things. We're going to talk to him today about his experiences, about how he, what he went through, and how he started to climb back out of the hole that he found himself in. I think you're going to love this conversation here uh, today. Uh, Neil uh, Twal, we're going to talk to him today about the experiences he went through, about his, about his problems, and about the situations he began to dig himself out of. That's our episode for today. We're going to follow up this episode here to, to today about what he went through, his devastation, and begin to turn things around. Then our next episode, number 249, we're going to talk about how Neil Twa helped to create a lifestyle that was a lifestyle to, which drove his business instead of being driven by his business to serve his lifestyle and in the process really served others to fulfill self. You're going to want to tune in to episode 249 for that. Then in episode 250, I'm going to reflect on our conversation with Neil Twal, and I'm going to talk about upside down living, how to turn your life right side up after turning your own life, uh, <laughs> after having your life turned upside down. A series of three episodes this week, 248, 249, and 250, we talked to Neil Twal from VoltageDM.com. Let's get into the great story from Neil Twal right now. Today with Neil Twal from VoltageDM.com. He is all about launching and operating and acquiring e-commerce brands, focusing on Amazon FBA and other aspects of marketing. But he also comes from a background of having some challenges and some financial struggles in his life. And he has some things to teach us and lead us in this area. Neil Twal, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Wonderful. I'm honored. And thank you for having me on, Dr. Miller. It is uh, good to have you on here and to teach us a little bit about what you're about. And obviously, you're successful in the business world and uh, Amazon FBA and e-commerce. And you've had some exciting opportunities in that area. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, but it hasn't always been the case. Mm -hmm. I know that to be uh, from talking a little prior to our conversation here today, hasn't always been the case. And uh, you had some struggles and some challenges in your life. Uh, Just tell us your story about some of the adversities that you faced that led you eventually to do what you're doing now. But what does or some things that you had to face in your life. Yeah, thank you for that. And I appreciate you asking that question. I'll try to keep it as small as possible, but on on target. Um, I've kind of lived a couple of lives. <laughs> I'm only 46, but I've reinvented or restarted multiple times from scratch um, and had to go up and down and learn some very hard life lessons in the process. And in simple terms, I learned how to kind of make my own way a little bit. My dad worked as a uh, uh, a mechanical uh, engineer, I guess is the best way to put it, although he was more of a, a shop guy, worked for a company and, and uh, had come out of the Navy, spent eight years in that and was a hardworking, determined guy. He dropped out of high school and life was, for him was a bit tough, but he did the best he could. And man, we didn't really need anything, but anything we wanted wasn't really available. So I quickly learned that I needed to go make some additional money. So I set out uh, to start mowing lawns in the neighborhood uh, and that gave me some additional cash in my teens. Uh, to kind of do a little extra of what I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't really have a business background. And again, my father was more on the technical working side and a uh, very strong blue collar guy who spent 30 plus years of his life working very hard and did very well. Uh, but I didn't have that business and knowledge. And, and that's something that I wanted to glean. I was very much wanting to go into the military and, and follow sort of in my dad's footsteps. So I decided to go to the Air Force. And as I got through uh, high school, which for me kind of felt sort of easy, I kind of cruised through high school 
uh, not really learning how to learn, um, as it turns out, as part of my story will tell you. Uh, but as the, uh, at the end result, I didn't really want to go to college. Um, I actually wanted to go in the Air Force and become a fighter pilot. And so I was mm. set to do that. So I went to the recruiter office. Uh, turns out six foot five will not fit in an F-16 pilot. And oh. that dream was squelched um, oh, okay. because I had a music background and I'd been playing since the fourth grade, jazz and classical trumpet and had gone all state a couple of times. I had scholarships to go to college, uh, almost full ride. So I decided to go ahead and go to college. I had choices uh, across the country to go to. And I ended up at a little liberal arts college in Iowa in the middle of the cornfields where I found three years of nothing but trouble. <laughs> uh, out of college twice, had to be reinstated. I did not want to be there, as you uh, probably heard me say a minute ago. And yeah. I was trying to find my way through it. But in that process, as uh, technology and the internet started to come on board and suddenly machines were showing up and I was like fascinated about how that worked and nobody else knew. So as soon as I could, I went down and got my $4 and 25 cent an hour job at the computer, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> down at the computer lab, I guess. Um, learning how to build these machines, put them together and network them. Oh, this was on the college campus? On the college campus. No one else knew how to do it. We didn't have a computer room yet. And this is part of what was getting set up. Uh, We started with the DX280s. And eventually when the Pentium showed up, that was a whopping big deal. And Windows 3.1 came on. Everybody was freaking out. So I learned how to do that through the time that I was studying. I I discovered I had sort of an interest in the computer technology side of it and what was really possible. Nobody truly knew just yet, but there was a lot of opportunity. But I also realized at some point I didn't want to stay in the academia world per se. Um, I had that opportunity and I had a great life uh, doing the, you know, the aspects of learning it, which were cool. But I also knew there was a lot more. And again, I didn't really want to be there. So I was always looking for a way to kind of get out of that. Uh, so my third year of college, I dropped out. I realized that, um, you know, to stay in that would be go to computer science, be on a green screen and live my life behind a programming desk. And that was not my aptitude. I was I was too inclined to do other things. And the creativity of the music and stuff in me was just like, that's too linear, too structured. I need something that flows and is more uh, creative, more intuitive and, you know, can be changed. So I knew the business and Internet and the e-commerce world was something I wanted to get involved in and in, in business around. That. I just didn't know how. But I went out and got a little consulting gig um, because I knew enough to network. And so I was helping to network computers inside of banks up in Lee Summit, Missouri. And the guy took a chance on me and it was an opportunity to learn. I taught myself some programming. At that time, it was just HTML. And then I started to learn database programming, ASP pages, taught myself how to do that, and eventually got better contracting jobs um, where I was being paid $10, $20, $25 an hour. Uh, and though that led me to an opportunity to make a Hail Mary pass um, from a contract job in Sprint to what was becoming Sprint PCS's division uh, for the launch of the first mobile phone. And they were hiring people across. And so I threw my Hail Mary in there to see what would happen. Uh, I got picked up uh, to be one of the people who was managing the customer support rep knowledge base uh, for the first phone launch of Sprint PCS, the big brick phone. Uh, We take it for granted today, but that was a one hour charged phone. And we thought this was the most amazing thing that had ever happened. Uh, and it was so fantastic. So I was like the 5,000th, 20-something employee, literally, wow. uh, to be hired full-time into Sprint and to oversee the knowledge man. We had about 50,000 web pages that this little team was saying. Uh, and eventually, I became manager over that team. There was about four or five of us uh, of all walks and ages. By that point, I was about 21. Uh, I was making more in a year than my dad made at that stage. Okay. Uh, and taking off, got to watch you know, within that five, six years of Sprint. We went from 5,000 employees to 80,000 employees. We went from 2,500 call reps that were um, within our knowledge management to full uh, artificial intelligence knowledge systems and 25,000 reps to support. And I was flying around the world helping to support them. Uh, so by the time I turned 25, I had a lot of success in that venture because I was one of the first in the door and, and got to see a lot of curve. And I learned something very quickly. It's who you know that gets you there and it's what you know that keeps you there. 
So a lot of these things I had to learn on the fly. Sometimes I was staying up till 11 o'clock and midnight at night, learning the things that I was trying to apply on my job the next day. Mm -hmm. And so as I did that and got some success out of it and just learned along the way, uh, one of the partners that came in from an IBM uh, consulting group that came to help Sprint um, do kind of what we were doing, but at a larger level and try to take the lessons that had been learned from what was the first knowledge management implementation at a corporate level and move it out to other places in the corporate world. And IBM wanted to lead that up and Sprint said, sure, come on and help. So for a year, I got to work very closely with a group of guys from IBM, made friends with one of the partners. I uh, got to fly out to our monk and got into IBM on a handshake. So here I am, uh, college dropout, no degree, uh, working for IBM at the age but of... You're, but you're on the fast track all the way at a very young age. I was moving very hard. I was willing to take risks. I was okay yeah. with failing big and seeing opportunities to to win large and taking some chances within that. I didn't quite play Just by the one sidebar. Rules. Were you a single guy at this time? Or I was married. Uh, I was married to a woman that I met in college when I was 19. Um, that, and that leads to some other adversity commerce and part of your five D's yeah. uh, that you mentioned. Well, we can talk about that. I just know that for some people, hard charging young people just get out yes. and there's not a lot of other obligations and hit it hard. But go I, ahead. Had a, I had Finish. a wife and, and uh, responsibilities uh, during that time as well. Yeah. Um, but I understood the level of risk I was willing to play that was maybe feeling a little different than others. Uh, and I was willing to risk some of those things to see the potential of the reward because I knew what was possible and I was willing to push myself to see what I was capable of doing. Sure. Uh, sure. and so because of that, I, I operated a little bit out of fear, I guess, uh, less of fear, I should say, to be clear, yeah. uh, and more of just pure ambition, <laughs> quite frankly. So ambition drove you and eventually... Some things went south, it sounds like. Well, yes. My ego and pride uh, overtook my common sense. Uh, and in the process of that, well, I fell in love with this girl somewhere in the first uh, year or two of our marriage. She fell out of love with me and didn't mention mm-hmm. it. Uh, and in the process okay. of that, while traveling and doing the business, she decided to start a second life without me. Uh, and as I would learn that later on, she really started an entire life without me. She was traveling okay. around the country when I wasn't there. When I was traveling, she took on a new name, a new identity, a oh. uh, different set of credit cards, and really became a whole different person. I mean, um, we're, not, we're not talking about someone who's just kind of fantasizing or whatever about this. She It went into the real world. I discovered it returning from a trip one time when I was walking through the parking lot going to pick up my car and noticed there was another car there that looked exactly like mine. Uh, and as I was walking past that car, I thought, okay, the license plate is even looking like mine. But in that euphoria moment, in that displacement that occurs in that shock, you're questioning the reality sure. of what you're looking at. You're questioning the reality of your right. situation because at that moment, you're trying to process the shock and reality that something is very wrong about why process your car is completely disjointed. There. It's completely disjointed. Your reality fractures for a yeah. moment. And my reality yeah. fractured into two splits, the one that I had known in that moment and the one that it had just split into. And the moment I realized that car was there and it should not have been there. Well, that takes your uh, breath away. It did for a moment. Yeah. It shocked me, kicked me back. And to the point where I didn't know what to do. So I went on home and kind of, you know, did life for a little while, uh, trying to wonder how that actually worked out, uh, only to learn, you know, later, as my suspicions would no longer be quelched, and my reality was fractured, and my cognitive distance was broken. And all of a sudden, I was faced with learning the reality of my life as I had not understood it, uh, to what I was now understanding. Uh, you know, I had realized that she had an entire relationship with multiple men, a different language and cell phone pictures and all kinds of stuff I discovered that that really um, solidified the fracture. So we've spent the better part of a year um, getting divorced. 
uh, after two years of separation and dealing with those issues as they came out over time, I was willing to reconcile. Were there, were there children involved as well? Thank God there were no children involved. Okay. Um, right. So that made the break a little bit easier, although this was a girl that I had fallen in love with. And, sure. and I was very much dedicated to making it work to the point that I was willing to jeopardize my job, my financial status and other things to get counseling to help her mm -hmm. out only to eventually come through the mourning process of waking up and, and realizing and the anger process and getting through the reconciliation and coming to the last stages uh, that she never wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And the lie started from the very beginning. I just didn't wow. realize that I was blind to it. Okay. And yeah, so that was quite a so wake up. Your call. world kind of came crashing down. Did it did. You main, did you maintain your career or shift? To I maintained else? my career only because I threw myself into it and only because it gave me the opportunity to be moving because I was okay. traveling three times a week to different locations week by week, uh, almost 200 um, travel uh, days in a year. Uh, mm -hmm. I simply let the apartment go. I put all the stuff in a container and I lived as a road warrior for almost a year. Okay. So I lived out of hotels. I was moving. I was shifting. So the marriage was ending. You're yep. still hard charging, traveling a lot, living. Just throw myself you know, into the work. Just throw yourself into that. While having to but deal I, with divorce papers and legal stuff in the process. Did any other crashes come along, you know, in any other parts of your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that wasn't the first. <laughs> um I I, I just someone, know I just know from my experience that many uh, times one crash of a divorce or something like this is exacerbated by other aspects. Sometimes it's physical health, sometimes it's mental flaws in your personality, um, yeah. stubbornness and arrogance and pride. Uh, those things can kick other parts of your life upside down. Um, the the issue there was I had kind of reconciled that and decided to to be a part of that, and at which point I threw myself into my career for a while. Um, I then met a, a person who became a friend because I was not looking for anybody else. And I eventually woke up uh, to that person about a year after meeting them that there was more there because I was blinded by life and the divorce. And I met this very wonderful girl from from Oklahoma and we hit it off and we're great friends. And then one day it snapped and I was like, hey, she's more than a friend. That's you yeah. know, I did it. it took about a year later for that to kind of kick in. But that sent us on a different path. I had pulled, unfortunately, due to the divorce. Uh, a lot of debt and other things along with me in order to get out of it. I had a business on a side hustle that was doing great. That ended up crashing. She ended up going on the warpath and pretty much destroying everything from my 401k to my life to my credit score. I didn't own my car. I owned what was in it. I was pretty much starting over from zero along so with your former wife debt. devastated you financially or was a part of your financial devastation as well. After the six months of trying to get divorced under one name with the name that she originally was married under, we had to redo the entire divorce again when it was discovered in the court during the day with the judge that she had a completely different identity and we had to redo the whole thing all over again. <laughs> So we went after six more months of that. And in that process, something changed in her and she decided to not play the victim and instead went after everything I had. So when I walked out of it in order to get divorced, to leave the whole thing behind and start over, I came out with nearly zero in my bank account. I owned all the debt. I owned the bankruptcy itself, failed credit and uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but the suitcase and the stuff and the car that I didn't own. If you had debt, you're a little less than zero than weren't you, yeah. Well, I get, yeah. So I met this girl and got back into life and, and I had uh, continued to start paying down the debt and I still had my job. And so I was working forward through that point and uh, the relationship extended. But later on, a lot of that financial burden, unfortunately, got drug into that new relationship. And then we eventually got married and uh, to a very different person um, than the one I had originally met, someone who was willing to fight by my side, someone who knew what I went through and was willing to take the debt on with me and make a plan to fix it. Um, she had just finished her BS and BS in nursing. Uh, 
uh, and she was working and doing great. And between that and our jobs, we were quickly come overcoming the debt. Unfortunately, I got very successful. I'm going to say this then run maybe in the wrong way in some online media and mobile advertising that did very well. And in that process, suddenly we were very flush with cash and uh, the change uh, led me into an investment strategy, a bit of a naivety sucked in by a friend that caused me to invest way too much into that. And the output of that was I got too leveraged into the business before I realized that they were messing with investor funds. The SEC could get involved. There was a whole lot of things going on that got discovered with that. And so that sounded like it got ugly and got legal and some things like that. I got indemnified and bailed out. And my indemnification of component was to file bankruptcy, bankruptcy in the business and my personal life in order to be indemnified yeah. uh, from what was coming um, from the investors. They were fine. So just just to tick off a few things here, you've had a divorce. You've had yep. all the middle anguish with that. Yep. You've got remarried. Yep. You've got uh, trying to build a life. You had uh, super success, which can be an adversity of itself in a, in yep. a way. And then you also had a crash of your business and financial. Industry. Correct. Bankruptcy. So I'm with a wife now and so, three children with a fourth on the way, and we're filing bankruptcy. Oh, I, wow. uh, and her medical conditions that got bad enough, she could no longer work. Um, so we had no income. So you had uh, some medical issues as well yep. on top of everything. We had some terrible medical issues discovered during you had our kind first of a bit, You had a period of time when things were a bit of a mess, sounds like. For about 10 to 12 years, life yeah. was a big mess for me. Yeah. So, uh, partially so, created by myself, partially circumstantial. I take my responsibility, of course. And then just a series of bad luck events, I guess, is how you mm -hmm. would say it. Uh, or stupid it? moves on my part. I'll take responsibility. Yeah, uh, so, but the end result so is you've, you found some ways to start to maneuver out of that. You, well, yeah. So a lot, of, of, people, a lot of people stay medical. stuck in that stage. You know, they just keep cycling yep. through, <clears throat> pardon me, cycling through bad things. I call it the malaise of mediocrity or the malaise of failure. You just keep doing yeah. the same thing, expecting sure. different, different results. Sounds like you were a bit of a risk taker and entrepreneur. And sometimes you got burned with that. But uh, I you, still hadn't fully got rid had, of my but pride you, and ego, which was still people running. I know me. myself included have that's mm -hmm. a bit of their DNA is kind of the yep. keep trying things. So what'd you do? What kind of things did you try? What kind of actions did you take to start to maneuver out of this mess you found yourself in? Well, for my, for the, the fact that the medical issues occurred started with my wife when she got mm -hmm. pregnant um, in mm -hmm. the first year we were married. Uh, she ended up having her first trans ischemic attack, which is known as a mini stroke. Uh, which legally left her incapable of driving. And so she went on to bed rest, which forced her to stop working. During that process, we were trying to discover why these things were occurring uh, for her, the taxation of the baby on her body, and we couldn't quite figure it all out. And we spent a better part of a year in the medical community trying to discover that issue, which was making it very difficult for her. Um, as she got through that first pregnancy and we started to discover some of the issues medically, we started to overcome some of those challenges. In the process of dealing with that and then into our second and third children, uh, we had uh, to really kind of fight all these problems and demons and even for a short time had to go on, you know, subsidies and, and Medicare subsidies and stuff, which was very, you know, humbling. And I think what I was, what was happening compared to where you were at at one time, you were flying oh, high. Very much and, so. And, terribly humbling, terribly like I, and yeah. me as a fighter, knowing who I am, I'm not a fight or fight person. I'll fight. Even mm -hmm. if I'm not sure I'm right, I'm still going to fight. So at the end of that, I was not going to give up. And I knew this was going to be something I'm on temporarily. And someday it might be my story, but I'm not staying there. Like I'm yeah. going to do whatever it takes to get off. So what ended up happening, though, uh, Dr. Miller, was I could not get a job because of the medical conditions that my wife had. She couldn't be left alone. We had small children. And so I was there. What ended up happening was, in my opinion, God sat me in a place in, in the storm and just said, be quiet. Mm -hmm. I got this. 
and just sat here and like pushed my arrogance and pride out of the way because that is what led to those other decisions that made financial mm -hmm. ruin and caused problems. So for a period of almost Which a year, I could painful, not. Which painful, was probably what you needed. Extremely painful. I had to be dad and mom. We had to work through those issues. It got even worse after the mm -hmm. third pregnancy. Um, but God miraculously showed money, things, and opportunities. I couldn't get a job to save my life. I had all the credentials in the world and could not get a job. Got rejected by everyone. Um, business and entrepreneurial stuff just would not go. And literally, yeah. money still showed up, even down to the penny, which I know was completely God. We sure. needed one month, $1,859 and like 33 cents. And it showed up to pay our bills and keep things wow. going. But I can't That's remember awesome. exactly how it showed up. It just did. Mm -hmm. um, so for a while, I had to be dad and mom. Things got worse uh, with the And with the caretaker, I'm sure, as well, part of that process. All day long, because we had five yeah. kids, well, four kids in four and a half years. Excuse me. I mean, it's not like you also had to do some caretaking of your of your wife. A lot. And my wife yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. And so as we got to that last uh, child, she had- And a lot of uh, people who are kind of type A people aren't necessarily uh, inclined to be caretaker types. They're more- Not typically. It was a very just, big You know stretch. what I'm saying? You know, that wasn't kind of where you would have seen yourself. No, not caretaker. per se. No, mm -hmm. uh, the guy that was in was very much driven in the corporate ambitious world and thought my kids would go to college and do this thing and become these mm -hmm. people. And I've yeah. since, you know, very much changed that guy to a very different one. Uh, I was humbled greatly. So you, you were humbled. And the part of this process for you, Neil, was somehow connecting with your spiritual side or your your faith story. So let's go there for just a minute about sure. how that's you've mentioned a couple of times how this was a part of the deal for you. It sounds like it was not so much a part of the process for you when you were hard driving guy, but now you've been humbled. So what was kind of a pivotal um, aspect of, of spiritual aspect of this, which was helped you to get through this time and move on to what you're doing now? Well, I mean, in simple terms, I had a relationship with God. I always had, I grew up in a, what do we call a Christian home? However, the belief and understanding of God and then Jesus Christ as the one true light and the one way was not something I had learned until much later in life. So I had a relationship with God, but not Jesus. And so what he constantly wanted me to do was wake up to that and have a realization of a life-saving grace. And he gave me stumbling blocks that would put, he was put in my path to cause me to fall in order to reach a point where I would, where I would surrender. And so that happened. And the moment where we had, you know, four children, no money, a looming bankruptcy, and no way to make money, I was at the very bottom. And as they say, yeah. when you get the bottom, there's nowhere to go, but up, you look up. Yes. And in that moment, I looked up and I surrender all of it to him. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, be dad and mom, make money, do this work. I can't get a job. You know all that. So I'm giving it all to you and I'm just going to go and see what happens next. And so as I surrendered that and humbled that, um, a faith believing and understanding of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, came to my heart. Uh, and in a matter of conversion, I accepted Jesus, um, not oh. through some prayer or some mechanism or other person, through just a conversion moment, a true conversion moment, unlike anything I would have experienced in the past. You, and from that, you, things changed dramatically. You went through what uh, I call in my teaching, you know, kind of, you know, kind of your wilderness moment, you know, your wilderness. In time. the wilderness. And right. most time, Neil, for most of us, that's not exactly a moment like a you know, a week or two, it is a season, you know, it's more of a, that's correct. Know, the, the biblical metaphor is 40 days or 40 years, you know, the <laughs> been upon you your know. punishment. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you know, uh, you got Noah in the ark and Moses on the mountain and so Absolutely. and then Moses on the promised land are all a Takes process a is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Takes a you while. had Took to kind of, you kind of had to hit the bottom and stay yes. there and work through that. And you had to be humbled in order to get, correct. to get here. And then, but you did took some actions then. And, and what I'm trying to get with you here is there's a lot of people who are listening to us right now and through things that you teach through what you're about, who've been humbled by life and they've had bad things happen to them. 
divorce. You know, I went through a devastating divorce myself when I was uh, young, and it messed me up for years, emotionally, spiritually, and and uh, financially, and financially yep. everything. And mm-hmm. it took a long time to uh, recover. And a lot of folks have had whether you know COVID crisis knocked a lot of people's business out and physical health, so on. But the people took action, and you're in action. You're an action biased person. And so let's talk about and and of course um, finances is always a thing for everybody, no matter what they say. You know, that's right. It's always there. Yes. And uh, so let's talk about some of the actions that you took, not just financially, business wise, mm. but kind of your spiritual health, your emotional health, your relationships, but also to kind of you know. What got you? What are some of the actions that you took? You've had this pivotal moment. You've had your faith moment season, and now you're getting out of it. What are you doing? I think that's as good a place as any for us to conclude this part one of our conversation with Neil Twal. And you're going to pick up on part two on episode number 249, some of the uh, various details he talks about here, some of the actions that he took in order to build a lifestyle business, a business that... uh, served a lifestyle instead of driving a business to serve his lifestyle. So that is a key component here. So I really want you to tune into episode number 249, where we talk about creating a lifestyle-driven business that serve others to to fulfill self and to serve others. You're going to love it with Neil Trois. A couple of life lessons here that I think you would like to keep in mind of some takeaway points from our conversation today. He talked about after all the devastating things he went through, how God kind of sat him down to be quiet and listen for a moment. That's the humility piece. Ended up having to do a lot of caretaking of his wife with the medical problems that they had. And that taught him how to serve others, to not be driven by his own ambitions, but to serve others. And then he talked about surrendering, surrendering to his circumstances and surrendering to to God to guide his life. Some good things there. So learn our lesson from what uh, Neil Twa went through. We're going to talk next time on episode 249 about uh, creating a lifestyle-driven business. In episode number 250, I'm going to teach a bit about uh, how to turn your upside-down life right side up. That's what I'm all about here at the Beyond Adversity podcast. I come to you with 42 years of uh, experience in Christian ministry as a local church pastor and a doctoral degree in transformational leadership. And I know a thing or two about getting people through things, but I've had my own ups and downs as well. Right now, I'm kind of dealing with a diagnosis of cancer that I'm trying to to get my head around and uh, uh, trying to get my own process together with that. We're going to work through that together, you and me. Because I'm here to serve you, I love you, and I want to be a part of your life. You can always go to drbradmiller.com, where I have over 240 episodes of this podcast. We talk to great experts who are going to help lead you through and guide you through adversities in your life, depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, call those the five Ds. Then we have our own process called the Axe Plan. A, the A in the word Axe is for taking action. The C in the word Axe is for connecting with a higher power. The T for thinking with discipline and the S to serve others with love. You can go, go to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way for some more information about that process. Great to be with you today. Great to serve you as the good people of the Beyond Adversity community. 
Tune in again next time where we'll continue our conversation with Neil Twal here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. We love you. We care for you. And until next time, good people, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.